0: Why don't we begin? Report to We hope you enjoy. This
1: is fresh hop cinema.
0: Hello and Merry Christmas, everybody! This is fresh hop cinema, or Happy Hanukkah, whatever you do, happy that thing. This is a craft beer and movie podcast. We record every single week. We're based out of Chico, California. And we talk about those two things I just listed. Today is no different, though. Things will be a little bit more Christmassy than usual. Yeah. which this is is our Christmas episode. Because it's a Christmas episode. Uh, Which means, once again, we are talking about for the fifth year uh, in a row that this has happened uh, in the movie industry, a Star Wars movie more or less. I mean, there's other movies that come out, but yeah, people yeah, 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 yeah. see star Wars. <laughs> so we're covering it. Uh, if you haven't heard the show before, what you need to know is that we're not going to spoil star Wars, the rise of Skywalker until the very end of the show in a segment called the danger zone. We'll give you plenty of warning. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry. It's only been out a couple days. Johnny, tell us uh, where, tell them
1: rather where they can find us online. If they want at to. fresh Hop cinema on Instagram, Twitter, untapped letterbox, yep. fresh dot com for all your archival photographs and whatnot. And also Patreon.com. It is that time of year. FHC. Look, guys, I'm not, not going to do this. Actually, if you want to support our show,
0: you can. It's on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Fresh Up Cinema Keep the show going. Give us a little money. We give you stuff in return. Um, that's good. Yeah. Anything else? No. Uh, that's email, it. email FHCcast at gmail.com. Yep. If you ever, if you drink any of the stuff that we drink, or you see the stuff we see, mm-hmm. uh, let us know. Yeah, it's fun to hear. Absolutely. It's fun to hear. It's fun to hear. It's that time of year. So give me a beer. Is what Ooh, I say. Wow! to introduce our first Christmassy style beer. Uh, Johnny, you picked this out. It's from Crooked Lane. Crack that, baby. It's a brewery we've done in the past. We've covered their one-two punch, maybe some other stuff. But this one I have never had. It's a seasonal beer uh, called the 12 Haze of Christmas. So, Johnny, where'd you get it? How much did it cost? That's that sort of fun thing.
1: Got this at New Earth Market. The homie Andy over there. I was like, hey, dude, we're doing Christmas episode next week. What do you got for me? He says, I got 12 Haze of Christmas for you. And... Uh, it's pretty, pretty spot on. It's got a nice trippy logo, Santa in green with some weird swirlies on his eyes, like, a, like a
0: real teal, teal green, like more. I mean, teal is kind of blue, like but mint, mint green. That's what I'm looking Very for. Very mint. Yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah, it's nice looking beer. It's seven and a half percent, coming out of Auburn, California. If you're not too familiar with Crooked right. Lane, they're fairly local, uh, and uh, they say you're supposed to drink uh, twelve of these a day for twelve days. Wow, we would be dead. I might survive. Wait, what does it say? For best flavor, have a 12 haze for 12 days. That's fair. One a day, maybe. Maybe. It was $4.19 Perfect. for the can. Good price for a 16-ounce can.
0: Yeah, on their website they had, Santa's going to enjoy this beer a lot more than warm milk. With grapefruit and pineapple hop flavors, this double-dry hopped New England-inspired IPA will make you cry, oh, and Blitzen. It's an explosion of Citra, Cashmere, Denali, Mosaic, Centennial, Simcoe, Cascade, and Amarillo hops. One for each of Santa's Reindeer. That's a lot of hops. Uh, it's a lot of hops. I, it's, it's sort of the opposite of the beer we did last week, the Mosaic Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, that perfect 10 out of 10. Perfect 10 out of 10. Uh, and we talked, or I talked about at least loving that beer because I love Mosaic. Um, and it was obviously a single hop IPA. So I'm worried, or not worried. Maybe I'll start out more optimistically. I'm very curious to see what hops shine through because in this amalgamation of all these different hops, some that I don't think would necessarily go together. It's like a suicide on a fountain machine. Where he's- like, I'll just do all of them. And drink it but you've tasted
1: it mm-hmm. uh first first uh impressions there's a lot going on it's a it's a ton of hoppy flavor it's not it's hard to pick out any one thing just because that is a, a ton of different kinds of hops i definitely get some of the earthiness of the amarillo it is definitely not too sweet like the uh the double dry hopped hazy can be kind of sometimes <clears throat> it's actually pretty nicely balanced it's also worth noting it doesn't look particularly
0: hazy i mean a little bit but it looks more like a like a half a and like a dulled down one, than it does a truly uh, New England IPA.
1: Yeah, because the the hardcore like New England IPAs look can't deep, see through them, glowing like um, Tropicana. Yeah,
0: did we just do one last week? Also, was that our first beer? I can't. I don't know why I can't remember right now. But no,
1: the first beer we did last week was the Dewclaw Sweet Baby right, Jesus, the, the brown.
0: Uh, so it must have been the week before we did a
1: very very uh, opaque uh, New England IPA. Yeah. I think. Uh, but you like it? Safe to say, or it's not bad. It's not outstanding. It's not going to blow anyone's socks off, but it is good. It's a solid beer. Uh, it kind of drinks like it's seven and a half percent. Yeah, I it's think like, so. Ooh, okay, hi, Hi, alcohol. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I was going to say there could be a number of factors involved in us tasting that because I tasted that too, and I'm like, is it that or is it our inaugural Christmas bourbon that we did right before? I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. One can't truthfully.
1: Uh, one shouldn't have to. No, agreed. Don't put me in that box. It's Christmas time. Yeah,
0: that's right. So I like it. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's good. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, it's really good. It's Christmas. It's everything not... kind of tastes like bourbon. Yeah. Or I thought you were going to go like nutmeg or cinnamon or and liquor. What's the dried out, uh, leaves that people like to, it just makes your house smell. It's like dried everything. Potpourri. Oh yeah, yeah, a, yeah. I guess that is dried out everything. That's a weird way dried. to say that. Yeah.
1: Accurate description. What else? I mean,
0: that's what potpourri is, right? It's like pine cones and it's just dried out st- stuff. Evergreen needles. I don't
1: I don't know what it is. I don't like the stuff. It's like wood chips. I think yeah. there's wood chips in there. Yeah, that's probably and, true. And they do sell like the scented pine cones, which are quite nice. Yeah, they had those at Winco. I saw them cinnamon
0: pine cones. They're overwhelmingly and they're like two fifty. And I was like, we should get these. Cause I was like, these are gonna be super expensive. Then I was like, I took it even one step removed. And I was like, these are pine cones, they're everywhere. Yeah. And somebody probably just sprayed them with like some shitty like, like aerosol <laughs> yeah, <just> like lysol <laughs> that smells like cinnamon it's probably uh-huh. ant killer spray it's probably highly carcinogenic so we didn't buy them as the point yeah and i think it ties into my dislike of potpourri i don't trust it yeah you what just is that it smells like that sack of dried out stuff it's weird it shouldn't smell like that it should smell like decay and it doesn't so i don't i don't touch i don't touch the stuff personally what if it, it smelled piney like the forest like what it was yeah i don't know it needs to smell dirtier than it does for me to really get on board the well, trees aren't dirty
1: until no, but dirt, the dirt yeah dirt's dirty yeah you know it's the definition of dirtiness. And the forest always does kind of smell like a little musty. A little musty, like yeah. earth because yeah. you're walking on the earth. And it's all it doesn't get a
0: lot of sunshine, so it's like it's very almost mildewy. Damp. But nice because you're outside. But if you have that smell indoors, it throws off some something goes wrong
1: for me. Yeah. This forest has a, a heavy nose of terra firma. Of yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. Um twelve haze of Christmas. Twelve
0: haze of Christmas. Good. It's good. It, it's better than average for me. It's yeah. not great. Um, but
1: I I'm stoked to drink it. Yeah, for four bucks, it's it's solid. Yeah, did Um, you say it was a pint can? Yeah, cool. It's not bad, like you said. It's it's fine. It's a solid to good as far as like hazy IPAs go. It's it's middle of the road. I wouldn't say it's outstanding.
0: No, I wish I could find a canning date. I cannot, unfortunately, because I think I. It's always nice to know.
1: Yeah, it better have been recently. Yeah, I was gonna say like Christmas.
0: It's in case it doesn't go without saying, it's a seasonal beer brewed Um, in January. Yeah, like. The, the dog days of summer mm-hmm. 12 days of Christmas. Uh, all right. Any other things you want to touch on about this beer Do You just want to go for it.
1: Uh, no, it? I don't think there's a lot to it, which is surprising because of all the hops in it. I was expecting there to be a little bit more to it, but it is really, it's just kind of a straightforward hoppy West coast. Uh, I'm sorry. East coast. Yeah. Um, but is it like, it doesn't re- like
0: you said that I was like, yep. Yeah. And I had to catch myself I was like, no, it's an East coast. They did say it's a new England inspired IPA. I don't know what that means to them, because for me, if you're like, we're using, uh, whatever, nine different hops, it's like, that sounds like a West Coast bragging sort right. of thing. Like, we use so many hops in this beer, it's the hoppiest, beeriest beer you've ever beered in your life. I feel like they just put in the haze just to, like, call it that. Yeah, you can't really be like, 12 clears of Christmas. 12, 12 hops of, that would have been great. 12 hops of Christmas. Give me that beer. Yeah. That'd be nice. Somebody well, should
1: do that. 12 hops of hopping. There you go. Yeah. Something. There's yeah. two better beer names. Yeah, for sure. Just off the cuff. Doesn't really drink like a hazy though. Mm-mm. It's, uh, yeah, and what I
0: worried about is, I think true. I don't really pick out any hop flavors distinctly. I think maybe Centennial's the most aggressive one. Yeah, um, it's a really good base hop. A lot of people use that. Doesn't Sierra Nevada like that's their hop? Um, it's a solid hop to make a beer with. It kind of
1: does cover up everything else. Yeah, you do get a little bit of the the Amarillo just because it does have that earthy. I'm not kinda, familiar enough with Amarillo. I don't think it tastes like earthy dirt. Okay. Tastes like Idaho. Seven? Yeah. <laughs> or just the state? Just the state. Yeah. And a lot of dirt.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I would have said, like, I could pick out probably Citra or Mosaic uh, and maybe Centennial. Maybe Cascade, too. Do you pick out the Kashmir? mm I've never heard... Have you had that hot before? No, but I like yeah. saying Kashmir. It feels very nice. Kashmir. All right, we're rating it. Out uh, of 10, what you got, Johnny?
1: Uh, it's uh, like a 6.5. It's a 7 for me. Yeah, it's... We've been doing this too long. Our ratings are we're, getting... We're getting close, we're yeah. We're right in each other's wheelhouse. Uh, that
0: is 12 haze of Christmas from Crooked Lane Brewing. We got it right here in Chico. If you're listening elsewhere, try to get your hands on it. Um, they are a small enough yet big enough brewery where they will probably hear you if you reach out to them um, and might be able to get you their stuff. You never know. You never know. We're going to move into Flick Picks. Um, I didn't write anything down this week. I didn't ask you is what I'm saying. Do you have anything you want to touch on? Maybe
1: new and fresh and exciting in oh. the movie world? Nothing too new. I did rewatch one of your favorite movies. Yeah. Drive. Yeah. Yep. Do you uh depending on the week, uh do you want to go hot and bothered with that or do you want to talk about it now? Uh no, I have something else for hot and bothered. Okay. So yeah. Let's talk about drive. Just rewatched it and it holds up so well and it's so immediately classic. You gotta give me some more. We gotta get we gotta establish this for people who don't know. If you don't
0: know what drive is, get out. Go no, back. No, 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 and, no, Go back and listen to our drive episode. We didn't do a drive episode. No, we did. No, we didn't. What? I, I would know that. Are you sure? Because of this. Look at that sick-ass poster. How did we not do a Drive episode? We weren't around when that came out.
1: Yeah, we were Mm -mm. What year did it come
0: out? So I'm going to look up Drive. Um, Yeah. It stars Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. um, And it's by a director whose name I can never pronounce. And this is another reason I remember us not covering it, because I didn't have to butcher his name like I'm about to have to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to say that his name, the director, is Nicholas Winding Wren. But it's R-E-F-N. Drive came out in 2011. Like I said, it stars Ryan Gosling. It stars uh, Carrie Mulligan. Brian Cranston is in it. Oscar Isaac is in it, which is a nice tie-in for today's episode. Ron Perlman, Christina Hendricks, all sorts of people. It's a movie. I I don't want to steal your flick pick or your, yeah, feel free to go ahead. Well, it's, it it is one of my favorite movies. It's, Mm -hmm. It's on my letterbox top four. Um, so it's hard for me not to get excited about it. It's a fantastic movie. Um, Ryan Gosling plays a stunt driver for Hollywood movies that gets entangled by no fault of his own, trying to do some good in a, Mafia esque scheme involving stolen money from Ron Perlman's character. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's very much
1: a slow burn until it's not kind of movie. It's a slow burn, but it carries with it this simmering intensity the whole time that is just boiling directly underneath the surface, and it is so palpable. It's just viscerally engaging. You 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 cannot look away. There's there's moments of of extreme beauty in
0: this movie, coupled with extreme. Uh, visceral, just violence, mm-hmm. um, which color palette wise make for an, an interesting viewing experience. Yeah. I also think this movie has one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. Dude, I, I listened to it on repeat in college. That was like my go-to thing. Mm. Um, there's a song on, on the soundtrack called a real human being. And it, it's played during a sequence where Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan's characters with her son are driving down a
1: uh, an empty canal. Mm-hmm. Just the most, it's just, it's a, it's an incredible movie. Yes. Uh, front to back, it's it's really close to perfect. And Shalina, yeah. Shalina had never seen it, and it's one so of those good. ones that's like, it's gonna be recognized as a very important movie of that of our generation, probably. Yeah. I would say, I at I least hope that so. at least that time period. Um, sure. And for people that love movies, that I think it's pretty acknowledged as just being amazingly awesome. Yeah. So and it's two clicks away on Netflix, which is stupid.
0: Like it, the fact that you can watch this. Not, I mean, not for free if you're paying for Netflix, but I feel like. Maybe half the
1: people listening have a Netflix account no, that there's they're like, not paying for. There's like one person that pays for Netflix and we all use theirs. Yeah. There's just Everyone one. that's listening right now, we're um, all using um, another Netflix is in account. business. Um,
0: yeah, but it's criminal that you can just go watch this for free. This is a movie that I feel um, should still be supported when you watch it. And I don't know how to do that, but I want to send Ryan Gosling through. I bought the poster. I'm, I hope some of my some of me buying that poster went toward it doesn't. It, it did. But I want to think that it does. Sure. Um, the same director made Only God Forgives two years later, also starring Ryan Gosling. I've only seen that once. Uh, Does that poster look familiar to you? Mm -hmm. I don't remember liking it. I I think that I disliked it. It's it's a super soft 90 minutes, very short thing, Mm. but kind of the same visceral sort of neon dreamy kind of violent thing. Hmm. And I didn't love drive the first time I saw it. I had a friend, Sophie, that turned me on to it back in college and um, I liked it. And then I watched it again like a year later or something like that. And it was just like, like mm. just
1: the crazy it's I love it. I love it so
0: much. Yeah, and it so was, I want to revisit only God forgives.
1: You should. Yeah. And it I'm was right. really fun going back and watching it now that like not to say that like I'm just like super intelligent now.
0: You're so post, smart.
1: You know, I'm a lot smarter than the smartest I was. boy I know. And that's saying something. Sure. I've met your friends. <laughs> um but just you know, the way we've been doing this for a while, like trying to look at things critically and trying to be critics and and formulate decent opinions that people actually want to hear it affects the way you watch a movie it does and and going back and watching something like that i feel like i appreciated it a lot more Mm -hmm. and that's why i felt like it was worth bringing up because it was it was a different viewing experience i think um we've watched so many crap movies fair that something like that i wish we were around when it came out but also it's just it's so worth watching like, it's one of those things, if you don't know what to watch on Netflix and you've never seen it or it's been a few years, put it on. Yeah, so you, when
0: did you watch this, like, a few days ago?
1: Well, we recorded Thursday. It was, oh, yeah. like, Friday or Saturday oh, yeah. night. Like a couple
0: days ago. Yeah. I watched it, I think, coincidentally, like, maybe two weeks ago. Nice. Just off the cuff, saw it on Netflix. Was that, like, this, I own it on DVD, <laughs> and I saw it on Netflix. like, oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. I'll watch it here to boost its numbers. Mm-hmm. My one view. Our two views. It's fair. By our powers combined. Right. That's so, Drive. That's Drive. Watch it, please. Watch it. For the love of God. It's
0: a great movie. I had a long night last night and I stayed up uh, and I watched a couple of things. I finished um I finished Aquaman. Oh. <laughs> Never seen that. Didn't care to. And I threw it on because I was like, man, why not? Uh drinking some some white claw, a little bit of bourbon. Let's finish up Aquaman. <laughs> then I, I was tired when I started it, and I figured this will put me to sleep, but I, I pushed through and then it became like midnight. And then my body was like, oh, we're staying up. So here we go. You second, stayed awake too long. Second wind. So I, I stopped watching that. And I put on a documentary called The Game Changers. It's on Netflix. Also, it came out in 2018. It uh, is made and narrated by a guy named Louis, uh, I'm going to say, Cy He's a UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. I was hoping maybe you knew him. I've seen this documentary. Oh, you've seen the documentary? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's all about sort of, um, it's about a couple of things, namely diets and about a plant-based diet and how we have been misled to believe that uh, not doing that is the best thing for us. And I'm like, I'm, I think one of those people that is like kind of on the fence about this sort of thing. I think I'm starting to acknowledge that maybe eating meat or animal products in general is not the best move for people either ethically or nutritionally increasingly more of both of those things for environmental reasons or just health reasons. Um, So I watched this documentary and it's really, really well done. It's a bit pandery at times a bit. Okay. But it's like – it's hard to harp on it because it's like – it's as far as documentaries go, does a pretty good job of establishing what it's basing its narrative off of in the movie. It's like here's – they talk to um, PhD scientists and scholars and novelists and – not novelists. um, People that write books that are not novels. Writers? Sure, writers. Um, So like they really cite their sources and it's hard to look at it and be like this is just some – you know, like new age, millennial, hippie crap. Like it's it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, all of and it, granted, a lot of it is anecdotal stuff about athletes that have performed at the top of their game, even though they're thirty nine years old. But there is some stuff in there where it's like, I'm going to look into this a lot more. Mm-hmm. um So if you're interested in that kind of thing, it's a compelling documentary and not not very. Um, I'm trying to think about boring documentary series, but it's hard for me because it's I like just not boring. It's no, engaging. It's, it's very engaging and inter- not interactive, but but you, you have a fun time. Like, um, what's that Black Mirror thing?
1: Oh yeah, the Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. It's not like that, but it
0: is isn't uh, entertaining to watch and engaging. So if you have a chance, The Game Changers on Netflix is what I would say to take a look at.
1: I would add to that that it does come in with a point of view, but it's something. It's like any documentary; they are all trying to kind of prove something. Uh, but it does bring up interesting questions and I think it's things that you should be asking yourself and I think it's things that you should look into for yourself sure. to like find the right path for yourself yeah, um, okay and to follow up on that there is a really fantastic podcast with the narrator the of that. Yeah, the main guy. I'm not going to try it again. Is Joe something? I don't know. I don't remember. I look, yeah, it was uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, and it was oh. that guy and uh, this guy named Chris Cresser. Sahoyos, Luis uh, Sahoyos, Sahoyos, P S I H O Y O S, Sahoyos. Yeah, there it is. Anyways, it's a I forget what episode of Rogan it was. It was within the last like month, but it was that guy kind of advocating that sure. diet and then this guy chris kresser who's like super advocate of like meat diets yeah, sure. but like it was a really interesting debate rogan kind of mediated it eated it okay oh that's good i um, like that one and it was nice because rogan was actually very impartial and like called them both he doesn't on shit
0: that's really interesting see I, again like i know you're a big fan of his podcast i am not traditionally mm-hmm. and I, he strikes me as somebody that usually has an opinion. Sure. Yeah.
1: So it's nice to hear that he was maybe a little bit more of a mediator. Mediator. It was, it was definitely a fair kind of debate. And uh, the kind of takeaway of it was that they both agreed on a lot more than they thought they were going to. And that it's a lot easier to convince people to eat like 90% plant based with like totally. meat. Yep. And they're both like, if you do that, you'll probably be pretty healthy. So I was like, they came to like a middle ground. And like, that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, like, No. totally. It's it's. Having somebody come up to you and be like,
0: stop eating meat. It's bad. Most meat eaters are going to be like, this person's insane. Dude. Yeah. Like, All right, bro. But if you're like, hey, every now and again, like you should try this and see how you feel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We did that. We watched that. And then we did like plant based meals for like two or three nights a week. And it, mm. you feel good. You feel different. And it's fun. It's fun that it explores different foods. So. I re- I really love there's
0: a part in this document in the Game Changers where there's a, uh, a urologist who has spent his time now sort of um, equating and, Equating a plant based diet to traditional manliness. Mm-hmm. So he will measure um, the duration and girth of people's erections. Yes.
1: And that was really funny. It was
0: so funny because a lot of this documentary is about sort of um, dismantling this idea of cultural manliness mm-hmm. and like men eat meat. It was really interesting that Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was it's in super that. interesting. Yeah. It's very compelling if you're somebody that's like, I eat meat so I can be manly. Because mm-hmm. um, it kind of, I think it makes a good case for deconstructing that
1: well and it also gets into how meat like cigarettes and all these different things have been like marketed the marketing my mind yeah and you learn a lot about how things are marketed in it there's a lot of parallels with like the sugar industry totally and like just um, this country has been it's all the man fucked by marketing (laughs) to consume unhealthy stuff for for since the invention of advertising yeah so it's brilliant advertising and watch that documentary yeah and uh decide for yourself but it's fun it's a game changer. It's fun when documentaries just like make you question things. It's the best. I'm like, oh, this is thought provoking. Yeah, I've had a lot of good conversations after watching that. I'll talk about in my bothered the other do-
0: so then I kept watching. I finished that one. I was like, I'm still awake. Yep. I'll. Uh, I need to jot it down. So that, that was gonna be, but it was a. It's called Shark Waters Extinction. That's okay. another. You know, you get the idea of just based on the name. Yep. Um. But okay. So Drive for you, the game changers for me. Great flick picks this week. I think. I think Drive was a game changer. If for sure, it was. 100%. And game changer made
1: me want to drive. Gave me more drive to the grocery store to eat. There you go. Less swine. Take us to a break, man. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. We're gonna dive deep into Star Wars, but be not warned because there's no spoilers until the end. Uh, we will be right back. We're gonna dive into Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker.
0: Folks, you've been hearing us talk for the past few weeks about how great a handlebar gift card is as a Christmas gift. Well, Christmas is here, and if you are one of the dumb people that didn't do that, you have a chance to make it up. Go down to the handlebar. They're here in Chico at 2070
1: East 20th Street, and they have a happy hour that my friend Johnny's going to tell you about right now. Every single day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m., you're going to get a dollar off draft beers. There's special pricing on cocktails and wine. Best case scenario, you go down, get yourself a last-minute gift for that person that's left on your list. Get yourself a delicious craft beer or a cocktail, glass of wine, nice dinner. Christmas is done. And worst case scenario, you've spent Christmas, Christmas Eve with your family, and you just need a
0: break. Go down to the handlebar. Use that. Use that happy hour. Use their awesome menu. Get cocktails if you want. Get crazy. Bring your dog. Get a break from all your relatives because the dogs can go out on the patio. Go down to the handlebar again. Twenty seventy East Twentieth Street, right here in Chico, California. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of year. This Christmas season brings another, and this time, final installation into the Star Wars saga. Will Good conquer evil? Listen, of course it will. We all know that. That's Star Wars. But the excitement lies in the journey. And journey we do. The Rise of Skywalker catches up with Daisy Ridley's Rey, a girl with weird hair, Jedi powers, and daddy issues, as she trains for an inevitable confrontation with Kylo Ren, played by Adam Driver, a boy with Sith powers, a sparkly red sword and also daddy issues. Upon their discovery of the survival of Emperor Palpatine, a wrinkly old nutsack with lightning fingers and probably some daddy issues too, Rey and Kylo must race against time and each other to reach the hidden planet of the Sith, the the Siths, the many, the, all of the Sith, to either save the universe or control it, depending on which one of them you ask. J.J. Abrams returns to direct this, the ninth film in the Star Wars canon, Released on December 20th, The Rise of Skywalker in its opening weekend raked in $376 million in almost 4,500 theaters. This places it as only the third most successful opening weekend for the franchise behind both episodes 7 and 8. It runs 2 hours and 21 minutes long. It's rated PG-13. Alongside Ridley and Driver are many other faces mostly familiar, including Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia, Poe Dameron, a Resistance pilot played by Oscar Isaac, John Boyega's Finn, an ex-stormtrooper turned Resistance fighter, and all-around good dude plus many, many others. The Rise of Skywalker dares to ask the tough questions, like what happened to Charlie from Lost? How many new species of funny, cute creatures can we squeeze into the final movie of a franchise? (laughs) (laughs) How many references and nostalgia for the previous eight movies is too much. I am historically very ambivalent towards Star Wars. I like most of them. I don't think I love any of them. I don't think The Rise of Skywalker changes that. That said... I had a great time in the theater. I found that what this movie did get right was capturing the tone and magic from the original three films in a way that felt new but still paid homage to the things that people love about Star Wars. Johnny
1: Summers, how was your experience with this movie? How did you feel about it in general? In general, I liked it. Uh, I think there was some problems with it. Some of the writing was a little cheesetastic. Uh, It definitely felt like the stakes were super, 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 duper low. Uh, and there were things that I wish that were introduced, I don't know, like three movies ago. I think they could have done, and we'll get into that in Danger Zone. Sure. There's some plot issues where I think they could have done a lot better, uh, but overall, it was really fun. It's always going to hit me right in the heart when the film comes up. Sure. And then you see that a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away, and then it's the... It's just one of those feelings. Uh, I didn't get to experience that when the first three came out because obviously mm, wasn't born. Uh, but when like episode one came out, I went to the midnight showing and I was very young, and that had a real impact on me. Just like instant nostalgia, like just endeared those movies and seeing them in the theater as an experience. It's very vital to me. Um, so it really it hit a lot of chords in that regard as far as the nostalgia. The feelings, it hit on all the chords that I wanted it to. We got to see a couple Ewoks, which by default makes this a great movie. Sure. Obviously, uh, there, like you said, there was some really awesome new creatures. We went to some new worlds. There was was a little bit of everything. And I think overall, it was a well-put-together movie. I think it was somewhat obviously marketed to a younger audience due to the ownership of Disney. I think they had to really focus on a wider demographic than possibly the ones in the original series did but i agree completely with what you said about the nostalgia and the feeling of those movies being captured in a very new and present way uh and i think it was a worthy finish to the series quote unquote finish because sure. i know mm, we'll yeah. see well it's it's interesting I, and also i've I meant to pose the question also
0: can can we in a in a in a post mandalorian world or or maybe even a during mandalorian world can we get away with not having a baby yoda at least once in this movie mm-hmm. and i guess so but if that had showed up people would have lost it yeah baby yoda has taken over the world he has uh, at least the internet world he's taken over my world fair uh no i think i think you're on point yeah the the nostalgia thing it's a fine fine line that this movie has to toe it's like they are trying to wrap up a almost 50 year thing yeah um, so to, to see the death star in ruins on, on wherever they, the Ewoks live, uh, Endor. Endor. um, and, and to see C3PO and, and spend a little bit more time with him and R2D2 and still establishing some new characters, but trying to tell that line between, um, tying up three lines, rather tying up, uh, an existing, uh, world, tying up the new story with all these characters that we care about now. And then, um, calling it all good altogether is it's a really interesting balancing act.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a near impossible task with, with a movie that's this steeped in, in nostalgia and fan lore Mm -hmm. and, and just rabid fandom Mm -hmm. uh, for a movie to try and feel old and new at the same time. And I think this movie did pretty much as good as it possibly could. Yeah.
0: I actually, despite maybe what my intro sounded like, I I did enjoy this. It was fun to go into the theater and watch it. Um, it was so much more enjoyable than the last Jedi. I, you know, I rewatched the last Jedi to prep for this. Yeah. Um, cause I didn't up until this point, like I didn't really, I don't remember the force awakens really. Like I know we got Kylo Ren and Ray for the first time. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really remember their relationship. I've maybe not famously, nobody knows me, but I don't care about star Wars. Like it's fine. I appreciate it. It's, I didn't grow up with it necessarily. Um, obviously not the original three. So I found myself wanting to really get into this movie. So I rewatched the four, uh, the last Jedi directed by Ryan Johnson, by the way. So I was wrong when I said that the other week. He's the one. He's the guy that did uh, *Knives Out*, did *Brick*, a movie that I love. And it was definitely different. It was different than the other ones. But you you played a lot more with characters than I recall other Star Wars movies doing. Like I got to know Rey a lot better in *The Last Jedi*, and you got to know Kylo Ren kind of. But he's still kind of a sniveling angry. He's just, that's his thing. He's like, I'm mad at stuff. He's brooding. Yeah. But he's not, he's just like throwing a tantrum most of the time, which I loved about him in this because you do spend a little bit more time with his character. And there's been this stress put on like, is going to turn bad? Is Kylo going to turn good? And, and all these factors along the way in the past three movies now have kind of affected that. And I think that the way that that all goes down in this movie is pretty satisfying uh, and believable. I am also with you. There's some stuff that if they had introduced it a little bit earlier movie wise i mean in like other movies i would have felt more weight to the stakes of everything mm-hmm. that said as much as you can add in one movie or with the laughter of a bad guy at the end of the last movie like i think they did what they could i don't think that this movie all the time felt like okay i know for a fact everybody is gonna be okay mm-hmm. there were times like okay I, maybe this could catch me off guard yep uh, and we'll talk about uh, the reality of that in the danger zone but ultimately. Think this is a pretty good addition. Of the last three movies, it's certainly my favorite. Me too. Um, and I th- I think that's the only criteria you can really like you can't really compare it to the first three, yeah, or the second three. Like it's it's these three all together, mm-hmm. seven, eight, and nine. And I think it was good. I do. Yeah. I do too. I also think all the people, all the main characters in this are at their best in this movie. I think all the best performances of the three movies are in this one. Definitely. Um,
1: so it's good. Yeah, it was good. It was worth a watch. It was a very crowded theater when I went. What time did you go, and what day? It was for the four fifty showing last night. Ah, yeah, yesterday
0: afternoon. Really, that's a Sunday, which is worth noting yep. because Sunday at five o'clock is not typically the most crowded. No, neither is Monday at noon no. or eleven fifty. which is when I was going to try to go, but I had to miss it, so we almost had to push this podcast a little bit later because I ended up having to go at like had to go at like twelve forty five because mine got
1: sold out. Yeah, middle of a Monday
0: yeah it's worth. i mentioned that this is the the third most successful opening weekend um for these movies um which is like the force awakens i think was the number one it like surpassed titanic if i'm not mistaken it's like the biggest opening so to say this is only the third is really to say it's still pretty damn successful yeah um but still i think some people were caught off guard and they thought
1: maybe this would be the big finish and it's maybe not quite that yet. well time will tell too yeah. though because i mean it was like you said sold out on a monday today that's true so it's still point. yeah it's not it's not doing bad carrying a lot of weight through yeah. the week so we'll see what next weekend's totals look like
0: yeah okay uh two questions maybe mm-hmm. more uh favorite little creature you got to see i know we saw jawas which you also love i love jawas um so favorite creatures in general and, and maybe favorite performance or maybe um favorite character or character moment i would even settle for
1: I really like the little dude that was working on C three PO. Oh god, yeah, I don't uh, remember his name, but he, he was awesome. It was like, like Bobo, Babu, yeah, Babu Boba. But yeah, one there's of a those. great line
0: C three PO. I, I can't really talk about it, but he does a great funny line. Yeah. about that character later, and it made me laugh out loud.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, was he was good. really great. Uh, he kind of stole the show in, in a lot of ways. For he want to say Baba Yaga, but that's uh, John Wick's name in like Russian or something. Oh yeah, the boogeyman, a <laughs> <The> Baba Yaga. <laughs> Yeah. It'd be funny if it was that. Yeah, it would. Uh, so he was probably your favorite? <laughs> I think he kind of stole the show. Your favorite creature or your favorite character? Favorite creature. Yeah, okay. Uh, Character-wise? Yeah, or like character moment. I That's tough to talk about. Uh, that's spoiling stuff. Finn. Sometimes. Finn kind of came out of, uh, not disgrace, but like he wasn't as important, it seems like, in the last movie. And uh, he ended up having a, a kind of a critical role in a few things Sure, here. yeah. You know, and Poe. Poe was cool, too. So those two, I think kind of rose from being supporting characters to to prominence.
0: Yeah, you kind of got the feeling um, in The The Last Jedi um, that Finn was he seemed dumb to me. Yeah. Like there's a scene in The Last Jedi, if you haven't seen it, heads up, um, where he's like speeding a speeder towards a big giant laser cannon. He's clearly not going to make it. He's so stubborn about I'm a good guy. I want to save people no matter what. It's it's too um, it was too one dimensional for a lot of it. So it was nice to see him kind of have a little bit more depth in this movie and i think you're right he did become more of a central player
1: yeah in the plot i could see him and or poe dameron mm-hmm. having their own spin-off movie i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah. like post this movie you know that'd be that'd be pretty cool i mean there's even a character
0: later on towards the end of the movie that we get hinted at there might be the, the line with and i don't think this is giving away is one character says i don't i don't know where i'm from and one other character says well let's find
1: out yeah and it's almost
0: like money 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 like right.
1: cool. <laughs> also uh, kind of came across as like a weird pickup line oh i didn't get that at all like, hey, come on girl but okay yeah let's figure it out yeah
0: that's uh i don't love that but okay um you might be right i don't know uh you want to rate it or do you want to you want to keep talking it's a 7.8 okay that's fine
1: it doesn't ascend into the eights it was real good um but it, it wasn't like life-changing yeah uh, I think that The Force Awakens might have been a bit stronger hmm. for me as a movie. Mm-hmm. It had a little bit higher stakes, and there was more drama, and uh, had a bit more just weight to it, I think. you think it had higher stakes? Because um, no, I'll
0: remind you, my friend, the stakes here is the entire galaxy, essentially.
1: Interpersonal stakes. Okay. That's yeah. what they mean. I mean, that's an important movie because Han Solo got killed off in it. Like In The Force Awakens? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. So... Kind of uh, high stakes for him. But you could also make the argument that, yeah, it's the
0: highest stakes for him. Um, you could also make the argument that he died to service the stakes of the relationship between Kylo Ren and, and Ray. Definitely later on. So in a sense, it culminates in this movie. I
1: think there's a certain um, substance that that movie carries with it because it was the first, you know, it was episode eight or seven. Uh, yeah. Seven, eight, nine. Yep. So Yeah, but would you make the same argument about the Phantom Menace? I love the Phantom Menace, and I don't care who knows it. I
0: don't hate the Phantom Menace. It I've, was the yeah. first
1: Star Wars movie I ever got to see the day it was released. Darth Maul, still one of the coolest Star Wars yeah, villains of totally. all time. Like yeah, the Gungans were kind of whatever. What are the Gungans, Jar Jar? Jar Jar. Yeah. But I mean, I dug those movies. A lot of the droids in that movie were some of the coolest we've ever seen. That's probably true. Uh, with the, the little circle ones that look like uh, little spiders that yeah, they pop up. And, I know what those are called. Yeah. I can't think of it. So if you look back on just like the overall aesthetic and some of the creatures and the battles, like that whole lightsaber battle between Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul. classic. Maybe the best lightsaber duel in the whole canon. I actually think you're onto something there because the first three... Because of
0: technology, I would guess, the lightsaber battles kind of suck. <laughs> they weren't the best. There's a lot of staring at each other. Yeah. And there's a lot of like – you could tell like a lot of the budget is like one swing of the lightsaber. Yep. So you did get this moment. And, and they could have gone crazy with the Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul fight. Mm-hmm. But they they were smart enough to put these little force fields in between where it was like building tension. And the moment the Qui-Gon Jinn gets killed and there's that barrier in the way, we're just like, ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going
1: to go down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you and I both remember exactly how we felt the first time we saw that duel. Yeah. Therefore, that movie is important. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, I like the movie. Yeah, people but really don't like Revenge of the Sith. People no. hate that movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the episode two and three were not not great. Yeah, you remember Samuel Jackson was in that? Yeah, that was pretty nuts. He, you remember his name? It was Mace uh, Windu. Yeah, Mace Windu. That's right. What color was his lightsaber? Purple. Hell yeah, it was purple. Yeah,
0: that's you sticks out by the. Well, I gotta write down a note for Danger Zone. I have a lightsaber question. Okay. Um, okay. Well, it's a seven for me, man. Um, solid movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't care that much. Um, yeah. It's fine.
1: It was really cool, man. Like, I dug it. It was a good Star Wars movie, and that's more than I can say about the last one. So, agreed. It had all of the things a Star Wars movie needs to have. It was tied mm-hmm. up with a nice ribbon. It had a good ending, a good medal. You know, middle, that's true. I'm actually and kind and of reevaluating because it
0: is, it is do all that stuff. Like, I felt really satisfying, yeah. satisfied with the the way it all worked like there's a great there's a bunch of uh, lightsaber battles that I felt really good about there are and I like the cheesiness you mentioned that some of the dialogue is a little bit hammy and cheesy that's ham and cheese sandwich yeah um but it works like that's that's star wars kind of 101
1: yeah and there was more practical effects in this one than there has been yep. in the last two combined yep so that added a feel mm-hmm. of that that vintage 70s vibe which is very important totally and mm-hmm. there you get some great like
0: actual uh space fight stuff mm-hmm which is very early Star Wars. And it's oh, really yeah. cool to see TIE Fighters and X-Wings and yeah. the Millennium. I actually kind of, I'm kind of over the Millennium Falcon right now. Mm. It's been in a lot of them. It's been a I've lot. I've had enough of that. It's very important. Yeah. They it's really, very they really show. like it, but it was cool seeing like, uh, yeah, the other stuff that I said,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, okay. So I'm actually going to change my name. I'm going to go to an eight. Not a seven, it's an eight. Okay. It's a really well
1: done movie. Wow. Yeah, I did just, a good job. I just caped for this movie and it got yeah. a whole nother point. I think you're right, yeah. I mean, dude, the the beginning, middle, and end fit well together for yeah. what it is. It knows what it is and it plays really well in the sandbox that it has. I yeah. think it, it knocks the Star Wars movie ball out of the park way yeah. more than the, the first two in this trilogy. I
0: think my only other big critique is that it felt it felt very heisty to me. Heist movie-ish. Okay. um, Just like lots of there's a there's a whole um there's a whole not a tangent it's like a main story beat where like there there's a thing they have to find but they need a thing to find the thing mm-hmm. but they have to go to a person who knows what the thing to find the thing is in the first place so it's like well then we'll go to this system and we'll jump and we'll there's lots of like let's try to catch it before they catch us like just constantly on the run and i don't care as much about you know playing uh whatever game that is on the playground uh capture the flag that's not it but it's like tag kind of like tag Except, yeah, it's like Tiger. I guess I don't know.
1: Yep. A lot of running and if, a lot of like I gotta find this thing. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look back, that's kind of what the original series was too. Though they bounce from planet to planet on this quest, and that's yeah. how they end up at like that's Jabba the Hutt's lair. Yep. And like, yep. So I mean, in that way, yeah, that is kind of not mm-hmm. I don't know appealing, but yeah. that is also true to form. Sure. And I also love that they revisited
0: like more. There's more force stuff in this. Yes. I love force stuff. Every really, I've seen plenty of sword fights. I don't care that much. It's cool that they're glowing shiny sticks, but. Mm-hmm. Give me the force stuff. There's lots of force choking and pushing and pulling. And there's a scene where characters grab a ship with their minds. That was pretty cool. Like that kind of stuff yeah. is very tight.
1: Yeah. And that uh, um, uses the CGI and stuff to the full extent of its ability sure. in this modern looks age. Looks great. Yeah. yeah. Like you, they can pull that off now to where like you're force holding a spaceship from taking off. Yeah. And it looks believable. Yeah. Like that's a good place to be.
0: Yeah, Totally. I love, I love the intensity with which um, Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver act during that. Like, it's funny watching their hands. Like, Adam Driver wears a bl- black glove, so mm-hmm. his is like kind of this shape, mm-hmm. and then Daisy Ridley kind of does more of this. And then, uh, in like, if you watch the old stuff, Luke Skywalker kind of has like a little crook hand thing mm-hmm. going. Um, so it's funny to watch them like really strain, just stick their hand out. Yep. Then you're like, oh shit, there's a ship not moving. That's kind of cool. Right. It's a powerful uh, hand. Yeah, it's a very strong hand. Imagine the grip strength on that girl. Right. Uh, okay my friend i didn't feel totally comfortable with that, that one yeah <laughs> okay. i realized after i said yeah, it that. Didn't, didn't feel great but okay um she's got a force strength totally just saying yeah well you gotta make it dirty i didn't make it dirty i just didn't love it uh you want to <laughs> go to break though <laughs> that feels like a good time yeah let's take a break we'll come back we'll talk about our second and final beer which is a beer that i brought back from my honeymoon in norway it's gonna be very fun it's also a christmas themed beer so if you're like hey guys what about christmas shut up christmas is coming right at you well, chocolate salty Christmas balls, Santa Claus. I'm a thirsty boy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll keep it, but I'm going to try again. I was Uh-oh. not ready for that. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This <laughs> is We're going to drink a beer now. Oh, God. I like my first one better. Well, this is a beer that I brought back from Norway. We're editing yeah. nothing. No, we're not changing anything. That it was no. cold. This uh,
1: beer is cold, it actually. Is. Yes. Chocolate salty Christmas balls.
0: Yeah, I brought back two Imperial Stouts from Norway. They're both Christmas themed, um, so we'll do... The other one next year
1: oh my god and
0: i was trying to decide before i picked it out i was like which one's gonna age better but they're both imperial stouts they're both 10 percent. they're both the same year so i just figured it was arbitrary this one happened to have santa claus on it um and it's by a it's a brewery that we've done one other time because i brought back another one of their beers and that brewery is servicium i can't believe i messed that up servicium i think that's what it would be servicium right it's on your paper i don't know i'm gonna say servicium servicium sure They're from Oslo, Norway. That's uh, Southern Norway. Again, it's uh, chocolate salty Christmas balls. It's an imperial stout, 10%. And they say this, a tribute beer to Chef from South Park. This stout is brewed with a hint of salt, cinnamon, maple, and caramel. Not cinnamon, maple. Those are two different things. Cinnamon, maple, and caramel. It's creamy and sweet with notes of lots of dark malts, dried fruit, herbs, and chocolate. I don't watch South Park. I'm not aware of the reference. I don't. I looked him up. He doesn't look like anything on this can. I'll tell you that. That's no. not a real thing. That's no. a monster creature uh, with weird teeth. And there's a beat up, hostage looking Santa Claus. It's a very disturbing uh, can. I don't love it. Although I like I am, it. I know you do. <laughs> I'm going to read what's on it. First of all, keep the can out of the light. It kind of reminds me, you no. Know, uh, he hates being, he hates bright light, especially sunlight. It'll kill him. Second, don't give him any imperial stout, not even to drink. But the most important rule, the rule you can never forget, no matter how much he cries. No matter how much he begs never drink him after midnight and i don't know who that's a reference to i guess maybe this
1: weird looking dude right well the never after midnight is a reference to gremlins thank you is this a gremlin thing do they not like light i thought they didn't like water you're not supposed to feed them after midnight or don't
0: get them wet yeah but this says nothing about that it says don't put them in the light we should post we're gonna obviously we post pictures of this stuff on instagram so uh when we post this which will be by the time you hear this um look at this creature on the can let us know what you think it is it's not not a gremlin, it's, but like it's not a gremlin. Somewhere though. between a gremlin and a cockroach. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good looking. But that's not to say that the beer itself isn't good tasting. You've tasted it. Is it good? Well, good's a spectrum. It's a Christmas. Word. What? You want me to have mercy? <laughs> I mean, you know, just it's Christmas. Yeah. I mean, whatever you want from that.
1: You know, in my family on Christmas, the beatings are just more severe. Good for you, man.
0: So you don't like it? Is that what I'm getting? It's not great. Is it good? You, you can use your own words. I don't have to ask you questions. What do you think of it? <laughs> Especially dumb questions like that. But is it this? Is it this? <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's not
1: ideal. In what way? Uh, it's just a little just bland and unenjoyable. That sucks.
0: That sounds actually really bad. Not not even a little okay.
1: It's like... Mm, it's okay. It's fine, a, it's fine,
0: like, fine. I have questions. It's
1: like a chocolate
0: cake that's not done cooking. Ugh, that's horrible. Well, it might be okay. Here's my questions. I have questions about the following things. You can infer the questions, answer them however you like. Here's things I want to know. Viscosity, uh, booziness, chocolatiness, holiday spiciness, uh, and mouthfeel. You have to remember all those now. I've got most of them. Number one. Viscosity. It's there. Like it's you. That's exactly as thick as you want. I guess it kind of ties into mouthfeel. For this beer, it's adequate. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to I need to taste it once too because I want to know what you're talking about. You say more real fast. Um
1: yeah. It's viscous enough, but it's just it's got too much of like a stone fruity like date uh y thing happening and it finishes kind of sharp and tinny. Little little metallic. Um Yeah,
0: it does, but I don't not like that. I think Meh. it's actually really good. Meh. You're just not about that. Meh. I do think this maybe shouldn't have been bragging about salt, cinnamon, maple, and caramel. It maybe should have been bragging about what you're saying, like a little bit leathery,
1: tobaccoey, figgy pudding, if, figgy pudding. If I had to guess, this would have been closer to like uh, like a fruit cake, yes, than anything. Yes, yeah. I don't.
0: Uh, well, okay. Second question was, um, <laughs> damn you. Uh, it was, uh, what was it? Um, I don't know. Chocolateiness was one of them. I know that. Not very. Medium.
1: Yeah. It's, I don't get much of that. No. Um, Mouthfeel. How about carbonation-wise? For a stout, it's good. It's fine, right? Yeah. It's a, a good to acceptable level of carbonation. No, it's good. Uh, everything else is problematic, though. I So I think it's
0: problematic in marketing only. I think this is a fine beer. I think it's above fine, actually. No. Objectively. So so. why do you think that? What's what's wrong with it, objectively?
1: Objectively, it's just too, like that raisiny date mouthfeel and taste. Yeah, it distracts from everything that it's supposed to be. I don't get like any rich chocolatey notes. It's not roasty. Um, it's fruity. It really does taste like a little sweet and a little fruity. What did you think of the narwhal with the currants? Didn't like it. It's from Sierra Nevada. Okay. I
0: didn't like that either, but I don't like black currant. I don't know who's drinking that. I don't know who loves black currant. I don't know why they made that beer. Nobody wanted that. Um, So that was gross, but this isn't nearly that fruity. It's not nearly that acidic or biting to me. It
1: smells fruity. Like it's got a weird nose to it.
0: There is actually one particular flavor though. I drink it right at the end. I can't quite place it, but it's not, um, it's not super off putting to me. And I think this might come down to personal preference. Yeah. That's my prediction with this beer is that. For the next however long we talk about it, we're going to differentiate only because we have different, not expectations, actually, yes, expectations, but also enjoyment levels of these flavors. Yeah. And I don't think that it's a bad beer. I think that it's marketed wrong or described
1: wrong. I think the marketing is great. I think I'm gonna, it's described wrong. It's not that good. I'm going to just go ahead and say firm and across the board it's not that good. It's oh, it's okay at best. Uh, it's, it's almost – Got like a molasses mixed with like cardamom flavor. Oh, God. I hate cardamom. But, but I don't taste cardamom. Or maybe cloves. One of those could, spices yeah, yeah. that
0: they go together. I mean, but those are holiday spices. Like if that's what you're tasting, I don't I don't know that you can hold it against it. Oh, I that's don't like the, it. Well, so I'm that's not. Usually fair. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of the goal they're going for. Like they mention dried fruit and herbs. Like that's kind of, that's it, you know?
1: Did they mention dried fruit? It says fruit? it's
0: creamy and sweet. With notes of lots of dark malts, dried fruit, herbs, and chocolate. I would I would agree with you that chocolate is kind of the least present of those four things, but the other ones are on point to me. Definitely dried fruits. Definitely dried fruits, definitely malty. I think that it is roasty, though it's it's subtle. And I think herbs probably.
1: There's herbs in there. There's definitely
0: herbs in There's here. There's a herb in there somewhere. I don't know, man. I'm I'm into it. Um I'm trying to remember how much it costs, because that's going to come into play at this point. I, it wasn't terribly expensive. It, it I bought it in Norwegian krone. I was so. going to say, what is that? Deutschmarks? German, no, it's krones. Know? It to kronas. It translates translate to crowns. So it's Norwegian crowns. Um, and it was probably like in American, it was probably like like ten bucks. Okay. They got expensive stuff over there, though. They don't. Yeah. They don't like people drinking in Norway, so they charge a lot of money for alcohol. It's not very American. No, 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 no. it's not. It's not.
1: Well, what do you think? Are you ready to rate this? Do you want to give me your overall? or I think you've given me a pretty fair overall. Yeah, I think we're both about
0: there. I I think uh, if I had to surmise my thoughts into one-ish sentence, I would say that it is a, a a well enough made beer that if you don't go in with the expectations of a traditional American imperial stout, you might be pleasantly surprised. Though, if you are like us, and when you hear Christmas imperial stout, you think very thick, very chocolatey, very probably sweet, um in more chocolatey nutmeg cinnamon type flavors this will disappoint you but if you're open-minded really run on sentence here uh i think this has something for that person Dude, and i am that person
1: you're like backhandedly complimenting my mm. review before i even give it no. yeah, you'll like this you know if you're open-minded i mean <laughs> i didn't <laughs> mean to you, do man. that but hey max right, yeah, fuck you. Right.
0: okay so then do you have anything else to add that you haven't said already um i don't like it i don't like the way it smells
1: so you've gone from like it's okay to like you're now against this i don't like the way it smells uh it tastes not that great to me uh it's like old rum raisin gross just why add the gross it's like old rum raisin but that people love that shit dude it smells bad like i don't like the way it smells i don't like the way it tastes i'm just i don't like this beer very much at all
0: all right well Okay. Do you agree that it's personal preference? Do you think this is a badly made beer?
1: Objectively speaking, no. It's okay. not a bad beer. Okay. I'm just not a fan of it.
0: Well, that's, and I am that's open-minded.
1: Fair. Yeah, sure. Sorry. <laughs> you the are, most open. You're the
0: most open-minded person I've ever met in my life. It's the
1: fine. The most. I kissed a dog
0: earlier. What? Yeah. Your dog. like sexually? Your dog. it's not really open-minded unless you're just doing it in a weird way. Hey, open mouth, open mind. That's what I say. God.
1: Rate this beer. <laughs> With a T. Uh, it's uh, like 4.2. Ugh. It's just slightly below, right in the middle for me. Here, take my pen. Not oh, found mine. It was. Okay. It's gone. Thanks. Yep. There we go. Four point yeah, two. Four point two. It's fine. Like, and that's only that high because objectively, it is not a terribly made beer. It is just not great to me. If you like the things that Max has described, as far as the the old fruitiness, like the maybe more fruit cakey, rum rum-raisin-y type flavors. Uh, you might like it, but I uh, personally, for me, not a thing. Max, okay. hit me with your your num- numeros. It's a six. Yeah, yeah. It might even, some of you guys, I know it. I know all of our fans are
0: like. Whoa, I thought you were going to be higher. Shut up again. That's my thing today. Shut up. Shut up. Um, no, it's so all the things I said, I stand by. It's a, it's not marketed well, and I think that's forgivable. That said, even as it's warmed up, it's way too sweet. Um, it doesn't have the viscosity to back that up, nor the alcohol presence. I think they missed the mark in terms of making it hot enough to deal with whatever stone fruity figginess they got going because it's very overpowering. I like it enough i
1: uh, I drink it again I probably wouldn't buy it again. It smells like a like a pine tree air freshener covered in Elmer's glue. Um I
0: don't know about Elmer's glue. It smells like it smells like <laughs> some kind of glue. It smells like potpourri in a sense. You know how you feel about that. I know. That. So that, like, it's too sweet. It's too sweet. It's it's unnaturally sweet, and that bothers me. I need more alcohol or less of whatever I'm tasting. It's a little, so, it, the beer's too much. Yeah. I want to note that this beer, this beer, this brewery makes pretty good beers, at least based on the couple that I had and the one that we reviewed, which I think, oh, shoot, I wish I remembered it. I don't, though. So never mind. I think it was our episode on uh, Joker. Well, wasn't it like Ink and Glory? It was Ink like and the- Dagger is the one you're thinking of. That was a Munson Brewing. The one that we did from this beer was... Um, brewery. Was? Hmm? Brewery. You what? You said we did from this beer. Did I again? Yeah, it's okay. Huh. Something's wrong in my brain today.
1: I don't recall ever seeing this brewery before.
0: No, we definitely did. Um, and I remember because they were um, very cool on Instagram. They were um, aware of people tagging them. And we tagged them and they responded, I think. Um, but now I'm curious. So I'm going to look it up really quickly. But I run the Instagram and I have no idea what you're talking about. I just remember it because it was kind of at that point where we were like, "Wait, hey, we should reach out to breweries more than we do. Cause we'd taken a month off for my honeymoon and we came back and we're like, all right, let's do this. And then that's, that's what happened. Yep. Um, okay. So your final score of 4.2. Yep. My final score was a six. Yucks. Not glowing. Obviously. Um, still, I liked it quite a bit more than you. Uh, that's chocolate, salty Christmas balls from Servicium? <laughs> sir, Cerv- no. cervix. Cerv- okay. <laughs> uh, we're moving on into in hot and bothered and, uh, my hot and bothered. I'm going to start with my bothered, which is you saying Cervix. And and <laughs> and Ray having a tight grip. It's all the you. two are not related. <laughs> well, they're not unrelated. They're in my brain now. They are today. That's today for that's me. That's fair.
1: She got a tight grip <laughs> on the cervix. Uh why don't you go in? Mm. Well, my hot is something that I know very little about. Okay. Other than the fact that it's awesome. Well, that's something. Yeah. So I delved into the brand spankin' new netflix original series the witcher last night oh good for you starring henry cavill god <laughs> surprise me right now dude it's no. actually legitimately pretty cool get out nope is it though it really is
0: have you okay so backstory backstory uh, witcher is a game yep uh have you played it have I you have, played
1: any of them i've played one of them for like an hour. Okay, so you're not going in with like I love the Witcher so much. This is going to be the best no matter if it is or not. No, I went in with the expectation of I love fantasy. I love high fantasy with wizards and magic and monsters marijuana. and and also marijuana because of high. Exactly. What does high fantasy mean? I've never known that. Um there like high fantasy is like full immersion into like a, the alternate universe it's taking place in. What's like low fantasy? I, I don't know. There's a there's a differentiation that takes place and I'm not Fully versed in, in enough lore to know that. But I know that high fantasy is like fully in that. I think maybe like not would be like, um, oh, the movie uh, Atreyu, help me. Uh, uh, never ending Story, where like some of it's based in reality. Oh, okay. You know? Sure. I, I, I don't know. But either way, high fantasy is like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, sure. You've got, you know, all those classic... Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones sure. is high fantasy, where there's just completely different species... It's a suspension completely of the reality as you know it.
0: Fair. Hey, let me cut you off just real fast because I was wrong. I want to mention this. Um, It was not something we covered. Servicium was not a brewery we covered on our show. It's a brewery that you did tag on Instagram. Uh, It's a beer that I drank when I was in our – I drank Jungle Juice, which Uh, was very good. Okay. That makes sense. You don't remember that, obviously. Um, But they did, I think, uh, jump in or like it or something.
1: And it was a really good beer. I enjoyed it. I think you were just excited about the beer. I don't (laughs) think they liked shit, bro.
0: Mm, I'm gonna have to find that out. But okay, sure. continue.
1: <laughs> but anyways, I went into The Witcher with the expectation of, first of all, I wasn't gonna watch it. But then um, I'm pretty active on Reddit. Yeah, sure. And Reddit is notoriously like the the front page of the internet, meaning that like if something's bad, it's gonna get it shows skewered. Up yeah. And a video game based show would be the first thing to just get butchered. And everything I read and every review and everything people posted on Reddit was like, this is really good. Mm. So that made me think I should at least give this the time of day. Watched the first episode last night. Uh, I was actually quite impressed. It's a hard R. Oh, really? Very hard R. That makes sense. I mean, the game is a hard MA. Yeah, exactly. So you're getting a very adult experience with violence and nudity. and um, That's it. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty language. much it. Probably not because it's... A little bit. He says Fuck. Huh. so yeah, it was really Good funny. Him. <laughs> it was really funny because he's very like buttoned down yep. and like proper. I
0: just saw the the thing, like the uh the banner of it on Netflix. Yeah. It's Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh and it was like, I can't with you, Henry Cavill. Like coming off a of Superman in the Justice League. I'm like, I don't I need a or Mission Impossible five, like
1: quite frankly, he's way more believable in this role uh than either of those two. Like it's actually not bad writing. Okay. Uh and he's he's well within what he's been given. It's so far, I'm obviously one episode in, right. but one episode's made me very hopeful. I really enjoyed it. The storyline is set up pretty nicely. The first episode lays a nice foundation, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go with it. All right. Hour-long episodes, Um, they kind of went whole hog. Like, hour-long episodes, and there's a bunch of them. I think there's like how's eight that, or ten. How's, like, the production value? Very high. Is it? Very high. It's all in, like, ultra 4K, HDR, like, really crisp, beautiful to look at the uh, the the shots are amazing. There's lots of scenes of him in like the woods camping with his horse, who's named Roach. Ugh. it's hilarious. I guess he talks to his horse. It's great. Sure. Um, so I'm really hopeful for that show, and I will follow up next week with. I'm probably going to watch all of it by then because I'm kind of into it. Uh, and I'll have more of a, a versed opinion at that point. But for right now, it's got me hot because I'm excited about it. So Fair enough, So that's man. The Witcher from Netflix. Yeah, check it out. Uh, and then let Johnny know what you
0: think. Let me know what you think. Yeah. I, I've, I, again, like almost started and I was like, I just don't think it's going to be good. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of been like thinking about buying that game because tons of people that love RPG games are like – play the witcher it's the kind of the pinnacle of that sort of thing
1: okay and i just haven't it's really hard i heard it's hard and it takes a ton of your time it's not like dark souls hard because dark souls will make you hurt yourself yeah fair don't ever play dark souls okay
0: it's it sounds scary
1: it will crush your soul yeah it's bad do you ever bothered uh just christmas that's not
0: a good bother i'm ready for you can do that next week no i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, okay, well, then I want to talk about what I said earlier, which is another documentary I watched in my drunken state last night, which is called Shark Waters Extinction. If you, Yeah, and I didn't know it was a documentary when I started. I thought, like, maybe it was a sci-fi original, like, garbage <laughs> do think, movie. Do you think it was like Sharknado? Yeah, kind of. Shark Waters. So I put it on, and it turns out, um, no, it is not that. It's a pretty harrowing, uh, though kind of slanted in, in a couple ways that I'll talk about, um, documentary about um, – Uh, a lot of things, but namely the shark industry as it pertains to humans eating them. Um, so basically, uh, this guy, Rob, it's a second movie. It's a, it's a, it's a sequel to the first documentary, which is not a trend that I'm aware of in documentary making, but they did it nonetheless. The Holocaust part two. Right. It would not go good for a lot of things. Um, but I am going to pull it up here if I can friggin' find it. I don't know why it's not coming up on my letterbox right now. Come on, here it is. Okay, so Sharkwater Extinction came out uh 2018, so it's fairly new. Rob Stewart is his name. Um, he's basically kind of an, a covert undercover guy that goes to countries uh, that do what is called uh, finning. It's a little bit tough, what I'm about to say, but here's what it is. People catch sharks, uh, and then they'll pull them on board their ship. They'll they'll cut off all their fins because those go for a lot of money in a lot of markets. You can get like shark fin soup and a lot of... Um, I think China's a huge one. And then they throw the shark sands fin back into the water. It floats to the bottom. It kind of flops around because it can't swim. And then it dies. Eventually that's finning when they first made the first one, the first shark water, it was like four countries were like, you can't do that. But the rest of like the 213 of them were like, that's fine. Who cares? Documentary comes out. Then like a bunch of them are like, no more finning. So the second one, shark water extinction is him going into countries that are not supposed to be doing it legally but does it anyways, and you get all these insights into people that do this. You really hate a lot of people you meet on this documentary, but it's eye-opening and it also makes you hate people. Oh good. So, and in like two movies in several glasses of bourbon last night, I was full on like this is the this is the thing that is wrong with the world. I need to quit my job. I need to go be an ocean activist. you need to do don't what? say my job. I know <laughs> what you're saying though. I need to quit look man. I sing songs for a living, but it's a it's a grueling lifestyle.
1: <laughs> the point is, I could do a lot of good with my free time.
0: Sure. So I was like, you know what I should do? I should just become an ocean ocean what's oceanological oceanographer, oceanographer, oceanographer. That's the anologist. truest
1: fact you've ever said. You could do way more good with your free time. I do a lot of good with my free time. Look what we're doing now we're making a podcast. This isn't free time we get
0: yes. paid for this. That's technically true also. Anyways, it's just it's it's a really interesting lens into a facet of life that humans are destroying that I wasn't even aware of. So yeah. if you it's it's going to bum you out. Yeah. Um minor spoiler alert kind of. If you think the the documentary is about sharks, this is a minor spoiler. If you think it's about the guy that makes it, this is a pretty big spoiler. He dies at the end during a dive. Oh shit. So the movie kind of becomes about him, which I think is fine cuz I think he's a good dude. He's made a difference worldwide, which is a cool thing. Did a shark eat him? No, much lamer. Um, His air bubble. No, it was a they were using a deep diving rebreather system um, and the combination of oxygen to other stuff was mm-hmm. wrong. And he uh he asphyxiated underwater or something very very much a bummer that'd be such a peaceful way to go would it i don't know it didn't seem like it the way they portrayed it
1: oh really it seemed like it sucked pretty good oh well if feel like your oxygen no pun intended slowly went and you just got lightheaded and kind of fainted that'd be nice that'd be nice yeah like a floating underwater alas i don't think that's what happened bummer he died alone in a solitude fortress of water and sharks hopefully he loved sharks well, that's the takeaway here is that guy, whatever his name is, loves Rob sharks. Stewart. Rob Stewart. I remember it It's like, no, it's not. Uh, no. But it
0: sounds just like it, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's Sharkwater Extinction. Yeah, he believed in miracles, indeed. Is that, yeah, that is him, huh? Um, hopefully people got that. I'm not going to explain it. Do you want to talk about Skywalker again? Yes. Then shall we enter? Danger zone, zone.
1: Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Dangerous zone. Dangerous zone. Dangerous zone.
0: We did it. That's right. It's getting dangerous. <laughs> okay, I actually realized uh, in the time that we hit record. Tonight, I know. I have one thing that I want to talk about. you damn right you do. This is where we talk about the movie like we just all left the theater. Spoilers ahead. You've been warned. So at the end of uh, The Rise of Skywalker, Rey picks up a golden lightsaber. The yeah. light is golden. Do you know that? what that is? I don't know. Damn it, man. No. All right. It's gold. Well, it's a golden light. She goes, this is the very end of the movie. She probably shouldn't start here, but here we are. She goes back to Luke Skywalker's home from the very first Star Wars movie, episode, uh, I guess, four, six, no, two, four, eleven. And she's like burying what planet? Chambers. It's, uh, I don't know what planet it is.
1: Tatooine.
0: Is that Tatooine? Yeah, I think so. I don't think that's right. I don't, but I don't know. Again, like, I don't really care about <laughs> this stuff. But there's a golden lightsaber. She gets it seemingly out of nowhere. Might be Moss Isley. Mm, you just think of the Cantina song, aren't you? because <laughs> yeah, I got those two mixed up because of that song. I don't know what planet that is. I think it's the Cantina on Mos Eisley. Yeah, I think you're right. So then, what's on Tatooine? Maybe that is his. Maybe the Skywalker's. His. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, my point is, since neither of us know, if you're listening still at this point, please let me know whose freaking lightsaber that is because I don't know what that is. I bet Austin knows. Yeah, somebody knows. Somebody knows. Somebody out there. Uh, I don't. We can probably name people. I bet Sophie knows, but i don't know if she listens she Not probably does she, she might so that was my one thing okay. that i wanted to start with
1: my one thing was i thought for sure for a minute that like one of the main characters either ray or um kylo ren uh ben solo sure. whatever you want to call him yeah i thought for sure one of them was gonna go pure evil like oh really i was hoping why because then the other would have to kill that one and then there'd be a big final just death yeah. instead i mean because kylo ren got killed off in this movie so it's sure. like kind of he got evaporated nobody ever
0: really dies they just come back stronger than you could imagine we all the down clothing? here yeah okay <laughs> that's my like do people die like nobody dies i guess they evaporate into their clothing and then it's like or they just gets, i'm now back as a hologram or
1: they just get cgi'd yeah. into a whole movie right. carrie
0: fisher was so she that. Oh, yeah. She was dead long before this was. Movie. She, because oh, yeah. that was very convincing CGI. I, think, mm. I didn't feel like that was a CGI. 100% CGI. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Wow.
1: Okay. So, so yeah, I was hoping that Ray would go full evil okay. and then, uh, and then Ben Solo, uh, Kylo Ren, yep. would end up going full bad or full good. full good. Go like basically like switch teams. They both switch teams and then Kylo Ren. Has to kill Rey to save the universe, and then is sure. also like a Jedi now.
0: Yeah, but I think you're missing the point of Star Wars. Like, it's not
1: we I, we want good to win. Yeah, in this well, no, he world. would have won. That's, That's what I'm saying. But 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 the bad went, guy turning good is the most fairy tale thing that could happen, and it did yeah. happen. And he died a martyr's death while wielding a blue lightsaber of good. Okay, so here's where I'm at.
0: I think that all of the Star Wars movies, with respect to how it and how they all end for their main character have uh, come around to the bad guy being good, namely Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader yeah. bad for a lot of them, for all three. And then all the next basically three after that. But he turns around at the very end. I think it's cool that Ray almost goes bad, but doesn't, she's like finally fulfilling that. And I think it's the only way it could have been done.
1: I just, I thought it could have been done different and it would have been interesting, but it worked the way they did it. I liked that uh, Kylo Ren's character, I'm going to call him Ben Solo. Okay. Because that's kind of the way. He's transitioned now into a good guy because
0: he throws away his lightsaber.
1: Yeah. He pretty much abandons the dark side. That was a cool thing.
0: That was the exact same scene that happened with him and his dad, Han Solo, uh, on that bridge before he kills Han Solo. Yeah. They have the same conversation. This time in this movie, he throws away his sparkly sword. Mm -hmm. His red sparkly sword. His red sparkly sword. Which is real cool. Yeah. I don't get it. I I wish. Why is it so crackly? Do you know? They're all crackly. No, no. This one's like... Oh, yeah. This one's like,
1: v- more, this one's like... It's more volatile. It's like badder, uh, I guess? It's less controlled. The okay. force is more... Or the, the dark side is more volatile. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But even other, like, Sith Lords
0: have had steady streams of photons. That just goes to show you how, how unstable... And why does he have a cross guard? Why does he get that? Like, you know how many times in this movie his hilt saved him? Yeah.
1: It's like... <laughs> it's like... Yeah. It's like more Jedi should have had their hands Because, like, off. Luke Skywalker lost his hand. Oh, that's fair. Darth Vader cut it off, and they're like, Psh, design flop. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> Makes sense, right? They learned. Did
0: he have... Did he, was he missing a hand in the movies here? Uh, like when he comes back as old him? I don't think so. Well, what's up with that? Do you get like a prosthetic hand? Well, you're dead, so you probably, in the spirit realm, are made whole. No, he wasn't dead. He Last movie, he wasn't dead. He didn't die
1: till the end. Yeah. But this one, he was. Yeah, but last movie, he had both hands. I think he had a glove on. Oh, he probably Because that's did. how... They covered it up in the old movies. Skywalker, Luke Skywalker just wore a glove over that. Yeah, he
0: probably had like a mechanical thing going.
1: Did you notice when Rey healed Kylo Ren? Yeah. The, the scar on his face healed. I was dude, for a second. I was like,
0: where did his scar go? Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much more likable he became when he doesn't have that. Dis, I don't want to say disgusting, but like really, yeah, like really menacing scar yeah. on his face. But that was very cool. Yeah, it was a nice touch. It was. It was like, ooh, the detail. And it, it was probably a nice little visual cue to uh, maybe kids that watch it. Like, oh, he doesn't look as scary. He looks like a nice guy. He's not wearing his scary gloves and his armor. He's like wearing a T-shirt at the end. Not a T-shirt, but like a
1: cloak, tunic, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of was a, a metaphor, too, for like possibly him because he was dead. Ray killed him. He, Ray ran him through. Like he was toast. Okay, sure. And so it's kind of metaphorical that like maybe by her healing him, she healed more than just his physicality. Like there was a mending of his, his neural way of thinking, you know? Sure, and then I, like, cause he kind of broke good after that. Like he wasn't the same.
0: Yeah. I'll go with that. I don't agree, but I like where your head's at. How can you not agree? That's what happened. Cause that doesn't, that's not what changes him. What changes him is his dad showing up and finally like really having that conversation.
1: But that was after yeah. she basically brought him back. That's what to I'm life. saying. Yeah.
0: Like, I think he definitely realized that that was the impetus like he, sure. he had to lose.
1: Like he wasn't. Well, I think alpha. it was like,
0: it was like him losing his mother, then him getting s- stabbed and brought back. And like, Oh, this, this girl is not my mortal enemy. Although I don't think he ever really thought that he was like, I can always turn her. Yeah. Uh, and then he finally loses though. Kind of unfair. Like if that had happened the other way around, i would be like, you stabbed her in the back basically. Mm-hmm. But he's a bad guy at this point. Right. And then like the final nail on the, what's the opposite of a nail in the coffin? The final pulling of the nail in the, in the dark side coffin. Is his dad showing up and be like, you know what you have to do? Throw that thing out of here. Yeah. And then just show up and fight a bunch of people with no weapon. Yeah, Bring nothing for mm-hmm. some reason. That seems like an oversight to me. Yeah. If you're going to show up to the Sith land. Bring a stick. Bring something. Like At one point, Ray, like does her forcing and pulls a stick into her hand, which I didn't, I guess now was possible. You only see that happen with lightsabers Yeah, but they can move
1: other stuff. Though. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's true. I mean, obviously, if it's an option, they're always going to grab the lightsaber because it's the most badass weapon. Yeah. But like, if yeah. you have to, I guess you could just grab like a brick.
0: I really, yeah, I really like the tie in when, because it's established that they can kind of like uh, interact through their visions. Mm-hmm. So there's a point where she like puts her saber behind her back and
1: he pulls it out. That was cool. That was tight. Yeah. It's
0: like, oh, that's why she brought two because they can now he do can, this thing.
1: Yeah, like pass each other stuff like pretty mentally. Cool. That yeah. was pretty sick. I'd like yeah. to see that explored more. Totally. I liked that though. Uh, so we talked a bit about stakes, and I-ish, I think my whole point with the stakes thing is, uh, we're like we said, we've all seen the movie. We're walking out now. Um, the whole last, what is it, last Republic or what? What's it called? Good, good or bad? The bad guys with all the the ships. The and final order. The final order. Or, that's actually the
0: the f- launching of the ships. I think the first order is the bad guys.
1: No, the first order. Were what, like, Kylo Ren was leading when he killed Snake, Snape, Snape. Snoke. Yeah, yeah, Snoke, S- whatever, <laughs>
0: Snape. <laughs> Professor Snape. When yeah. he murders Snape, mm-hmm. the Dark Lord comes back and gives him his scar, yeah, that'd exactly. be a fun spin off, it would be, but no, so his first order was Snoke,
1: yeah, okay, and so Palpatine's been assembling the, the final, final order, order, okay, the end all be all, god, okay. Um, so my whole thing with stakes was we see this giant army that's got like the most battle star destroyer things with world ending Canons. explosive cannons. Yeah. And there's thousands of them. Yeah. Like that looks like they can pretty much fuck up the whole universe. They will, like yeah, that was the plan. You guys are going to just surrender. Uh, so my whole thing was they have this massively overpowered enemy army. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been really cool for that to be like the through plot of like all three of these movies or even like the last one into this one, because it felt like almost like, a disservice to the, the power of that and the stakes of this movie for that army to be around for like an hour and 20 minutes. I think they did. Okay. Exactly. They did. Okay. Well, but I mean, I,
0: so there's like two parts to this, right? Like one is that's a pretty big fleet. They make a big point of saying in the movie, like what's the biggest fleet that Goggs has ever seen. Yeah. Like if that thing was being built, granted it's in like this mythical planet where nobody can find it
1: because yeah, of on the ice I-
0: fields and electromagnetic poles and
1: it's a place called like I- something Icicles sickle. Or- it was like
0: icicle, icicle <laughs> like evil sickle. I can't remember. Or something So like I can buy into the fact that since the emperor has not made himself known, he's maybe powerful enough and they're in a remote enough location that nobody's going to find it. The problem that might be a little bit tougher where I think they dealt with it well, but if they hadn't like the very strong fleet, They're going to wreck stuff. But they made this planet where, like, stuff doesn't work. The fleet is not effective, basically, until they leave that area. Yeah. And I think that was the best way you could do it.
1: Yeah. Like I said, they they handled it okay. But it would have been really cool to have, like, the last two movies be dealing with this problem. Or, like, at least aware of it. Yeah. Exactly. It could have been, like, teased Mm -hmm. if you see some of it, but you don't know where it's at. Yeah. They could have definitely integrated it, and it would have upped the stakes a bit. Like. You see this coming more, but that being said, I think they did a fine job with what they. Yeah, did. I think I think you describing like a like a Thanos situation,
0: potentially. Like, but not over as many movies. Sure, but like if you would have been like, hey, uh, uh, granted, Marvel kind of like pioneered the post-credit thing, mm-hmm. but and it doesn't hurt that I was like picturing like, what if Captain Marvel showed up and like smashed through all these ships? Because that's the last time I saw a big armada in space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but like, yeah, you could have tease it a little bit and be like nah, ha, 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 at the end of like episode seven
1: and just like seeing all of those things
0: yeah. rise up yeah that'd be something cool. like that but, but they weren't ready to go that's that's the problem like once these ships are ready it was like we're going yeah also i don't know how many planets there are but you probably don't need that many ships No, no, no. there's a lot of planets like make one ship and then just like go from planet to, i don't know it's a lot of ships that was the death star
1: that's true didn't work out well for that so thing. make a lot of those things with the same power yeah that are more maneuverable that's yeah that's true i mean it was a good plan yeah, it's, yeah it was a good plan
0: but you gotta have poe and finn showing yep. up you gotta have those guys on yeah. your team if they're
1: against you you're screwed pretty much i thought for sure they were gonna kill off at least one of them too i did too there was, was a actually, moment yeah with finn uh which one where he was on the oh sure
0: and they left he and almost then, died a couple times I
1: yeah think.
0: i was surprised that kylo ren dies yeah does either evaporated i don't know yeah whatever that caught me off guard.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. They cause... finally
0: had, I didn't, I also get like the romance thing. Though at many points in this movie, it does feel very sexually tense between the two yeah, of them. Like, there's literally sparks flying. Yeah. So, so like, that's fine, but also like it kind of felt friend but at times maybe <laughs> romantic between her and Finn. That
1: goddamn Jedi friend zone. Or that.
0: Uh, so like the romance, like, oh, let's, they're kissing. That's, oh, he's dead. Yeah. That's okay. Well, happened quick, didn't it? Yes. And also his death was a little anticlimactic. Like so was their final battle. Yeah. I really wanted her to electrify the Emperor. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm on the Jedi. He's like, I'm on the Sith. Dead. Yeah.
1: I don't know. That was a little I don't it was fine. Yeah. But I mean, overall, like we've said multiple times, it's a good package. It's a good movie. It yeah. was, yeah, gripes aside, and I think that's all the spoilers I wanted to get into. Did you have anything else you wanted to touch on on nope. this movie? That's golden. That's golden. Just golden like lightsaber. That golden lightsaber. All so, right. Well, let's rip, bro. Deal. That's Johnny Summers. I'm Go ahead. That'd what? be great. You
0: always let me. I'm always worried that you're going to not let me say the thing about Bailey. Not intentionally. I just think we'll go over it. So let's try it here. Okay. That's Johnny Summers. Well, you already said it. So well, it's- I got to say it again. So to do the whole it's a final cadence. Everybody thing. that's so. Mike Minardi. That's Johnny Summers and this show wouldn't be possible or at the very least it wouldn't be what it is without Bailey Minardi. If you've seen this movie or drank these beers, please reach out to us. We always love opinions and if you leave us a voicemail or a voice memo or anything interactive we'll quote you on the show probably The hell is a voice memo It's what you record on your phone on the little memo thing and then you send it you can send it. You don't do this? Are you a secretary? No, I don't. Do I'm this. a songwriter. That's what I do. No. I like this is a song I did. Beep, and then I'll send it if I need to. Who do you send it to? Friends that write songs and stuff. I haven't I mean, done we, it in a couple of years. Dude, we gotta go. This is Fresh Up Cinema stuff, etc. Hey, we'll see you next week.
1: Wait, yep, from Max and myself. Oh, for real though. Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, You Filthy animals. You Filthy
1: animals. All right. Yeah,
0: we'll see you uh, at the end of the year.
1: That's, That's right. I think. That's probably right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. This is getting awkward, just push the button, we have to All go. Right. Bye. We hope you enjoy This is Fresh Hop Cinema.